Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. We're going to dive in. I'm so excited for the word of God this morning, and I really do pray that, uh, God gives us all ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. So, Father, thank you that we get to come on here. We get to hear your word. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to every listening heart this morning. And God, whatever maybe barriers we have inside of us, distractions right now, we just lay them before you. And we give you this moment, Jesus. We give you the first place right now. And we just say, speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word this morning. And it's in that matchless name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So we are diving in, stretch away. I saw Pastor Jason do this last week. Let's get the, the sleepy Z's off of us. And let's dive on in. Revelation 1, verses 4 through 7. It says, John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. So this is an exciting letter. Uh, you know, the book of Revelation can be an intimidating book to dive into because of, um, let's say, the different theological outlooks on the book. And I just want to share with you all this morning, today we're just going to look at the Bible, and we're just going to take it literally, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit apply it to us. Uh, one thing I know is about the book of Revelation uh, is that it is actually a letter. So when we think of it, it says John. So John is the author of the book of Revelation. John the Apostle is writing to seven churches inside of the province of Asia. And he's writing from an island called Patmos. Uh, Patmos was a fun island. <laughs> I'll be a little sarcastic. It was a prisoner's island. So the Roman uh, Empire tried to kill the Apostle John. Uh, part of his story is that they threw him in a giant pot of boiling oil to try and kill him and martyr him. However, God stayed with him, kept him safe, and he didn't even aid and die inside of the pot of oil, which I think is so remarkable. And, you know, that's kind of a, a story to us. Isn't that right? When we stay with Jesus, when we live for the Lord, when we say, God, I'm putting you first, no matter what my circumstances look like, no matter who is against me, because the reality is, if my God is for me, who can be 
against me. I love that who because it's kind of like it's whenever I read that, I get like a little twang to it. I'm like, who's going to be against me? God is for me. No one can stand against me when he's for me. The apostle John was that person who said sickness, nor death, nor anxiety, nor depression, nor the fear of what's to come is going to bring me down. I will do everything I can. I will preach till I drop. I will not shy away in the face of sacrifice. I will not sit there and negotiate at adverse, uh, at the table of my adversary. Instead, I will sit there and say, Jesus, you are going to be glorified. So all of this put the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. Congrats, John. You did an awesome job. The Lord was with you. And now you're on the prisoner's island. From this island was where he wrote this letter. And I, I really enjoy kind of diving into uh, the whys behind the what's. Uh, Jesus in this area of scripture is reassuring his church, reassuring his bride, hey, I'm coming back. Like that's, we want to get the heartbeat of God whenever we read the text. We want to know what his tone is when he's speaking it. So immediately, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before the throne. So let's take this piece by piece. Number one, it says grace and peace to you. So the word grace inside of the Bible is going to be like so straightforward. Uh, divine favor from God. I really enjoy in Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10, where it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, by faith, not by works, lest no man should boast. So it is by the grace of God that we even get to look at him face to face. It's by the grace of God that we have this book called the Word of God, the Bible, his letter to us, mankind, so that we can live our lives from a different way, not just uh, our own way. So grace and peace to you. Another thing that grace is, aside from just divine favor, is empowerment. So God gives us grace as an empowerment to overcome. And you may think overcome what? Yes. <laughs> that the answer to the question of what does God's grace help us overcome? Yes. Whatever it is you may be facing, whether it be the unruly spouse, we are post-Christmas now. So we have our Christmas arguments under our belt, right? Come on, uh, husbands and wives, we can be real with ourselves right now. <laughs> we we can do real hour from 6 to 6.30 with pH. <laughs> we had our Christmas arguments with our spouse, and it's all good. Uh, we had uh, perhaps children, grandchildren, where it's like, well, you got me seven gifts last year. Why'd you only give me five? You know, like we have all of these things that go on inside of our life. And I want to tell you something. Nothing is too small for God's grace. In the same way, nothing is too big for God's grace. His grace is given to you so you can overcome. And if you were to take notes at any point today, if you were to write anything down, I encourage you in this. I, I'm a sticky note guy. So I leave sticky notes for my wife around the house. I leave sticky notes for myself. I put them in my prayer journal. I put like, I kind of write notes to myself and I want to encourage you, write this down. I am an overcomer. God has made you to be an overcomer. You know, he doesn't want us to live just victims of situations, victims of life. When he says you can overcome by the blood of the lamb and what? the word of his testimony. So grace, divine favor, and empowerment. 
On top of that, it said peace to you. Peace, and I'm I'm a broken record with this one. So if you heard it before, forgive me. But peace is not the absence of a problem. It's the presence of a person. Peace is not everything is going well for me today. Peace is not I just got a promotion. Hallelujah. Amen. And listen, these are things to celebrate around, correct? Like peace is not, oh, um, I didn't have any conflict today. So I feel at peace. Peace comes from the presence of Jesus inside of your life. And there's a period at the end of it. Because I want to tell you something, if our peace comes from situations, circumstances, or people, it could be taken away from us as quick as they can give it to us. But if our peace is inside of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, no one, nothing, anywhere, no demon, nor angel can take away our peace because we have the presence of God. So right here, John kicks it off. From Prisoner's Island, the man who probably needed all the grace in the world. Church, uh, they just tried to boil him alive. I don't know about you, but that would hurt my heart a little bit. I, I'll kind of feel like, uh, what did I do to you? <laughs> you know, like, I, I just, I, I don't know. That's just me. But he needed grace and peace in that moment. But what does he say? Grace and peace to you, church. So I want to let you know what God is communicating is grace and peace to us. Now, who gives this grace and peace? We all know his name is Jesus. It outlines right here that he is the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. There is an important uh, characteristic about the nature of God. He is eternal. His eternal nature helps him see the end from the beginning. We as people, we measure things in three different areas. We measure them in time, space, and matter. So when we think of time, we are thinking the 24 hours that we have in the day, right? We think of, it's going to take me 30 minutes to drive to work this morning. So I'm going to have to leave five minutes early to hit a Wawa to get my favorite cup of coffee to make sure I get my fat-free French vanilla creamer. Come on, somebody. I'm going to have to make sure that I have to uh, leave maybe a little bit earlier because the school buses are blocking the road. <laughs> um, time is how we measure things. Jesus is outside of time. We can't think of him inside of the confines of time because he was, he is, and he is to come. And in this situation, it's literal. Jesus was the word at the beginning with the father. Jesus was walking the earth. At the time that John was writing this letter, Jesus was the one who performed miracles in the name of God, the father. Jesus was the one who was going through uh, Gethsemane, where he was so stressed about what was to come to wear sin on his shoulders, to have the father look away from him, that he was his capillaries burst and he sweat blood. Jesus was the one that went to the cross, was pierced for our sins, our transgressions, went into the grave, and Jesus was the one that resurrected. And now he is the God who is returning, or is to come, is the God who is returning. That is so beautiful to me that Jesus is coming back for us. And it's important to know this. Um, Jesus isn't just coming back for us to uh, help us escape the world. So Jesus is not our escape policy or our fire insurance so that we can get out of difficulties. Jesus is so beautiful. And when he comes back for us, he's come bringing us back for a party, y'all. 
So I hope you enjoy parties because we are, it's going to be bumping in heaven (laughs) and it's going to be incredible because he's coming back for his bride to do a party with them coming back for his bride to take us from the sinful world, sickness, disease, and bring us into the perfection of heaven. It's incredible. So he remains the same in everything. He is the grace and peace giver. Another piece of this verse, we're breaking this thing down piece by piece this morning. Another piece of this verse, it says, from the seven spirits before his throne. Uh, Seven is the number of completion inside of the Bible. So if you've ever studied numerology, um, it's pretty interesting. You know, I wouldn't go too like deep into numbers all day, every day. Um, Cause sometimes they can like whack us out a little bit. However, I can confirm <laughs> uh, from the Bible that seven is the number of completion. And what it's saying is that this is perfect. It doesn't need to be added to uh, what it's saying is seven spirits before him. Uh, another way of saying that is the seven spirits of God. Um, some believe that this is different expressions of the Holy spirit, different workings of the Holy spirit inside of our lives. Um, I would take it like this that it is referencing the perfect, complete Holy Spirit. The seven spirits are saying the Holy Spirit is perfect. And I do have an application point for you this morning. <laughs> I know we're we're 14 minutes in and I haven't had one yet. <laughs> Here's my application point. How is your relationship with Holy Spirit? How is your relationship with the Spirit of God? You know, and I'm going to share this. This is not a bad thing. Many times we will have a relationship with the word of God, the Bible, which we should. We should never not have a relationship with the word of God. But sometimes we uh, don't always have the strongest relationship with Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you something. John 16, 7 says, uh, it is to our advantage that Jesus left, left his church, left us and went into heaven. Why? so that another may come, the helper may come. The Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father is. So I just want to ask you, how's your relationship with the Holy Spirit today? I know for myself, this was like a box-breaking question I asked myself roughly three years ago, maybe four years ago. Um, You know, I came up in a church that talked so much about the Holy Spirit. And I thought it was kind of strange because I was like, eh, like, I don't really know what we're getting at. Okay. Like the whole Holy Spirit thing. Like I know Jesus, I know the Bible, but I don't know anything about this. And Holy Spirit, when this revelation hit me that God wants a relationship with me and he wants it through his Holy Spirit, I this value started that he is always with me. This value started that he wants to just do life with me, walk with me, talk with me, and tell me that he is his own. And Holy Spirit is how he does it. In the mornings, when I wake up my uh, when I wake up and open my eyes, I say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm so happy I get to do life with you today. I'm so happy that you're a part of my day today. So I encourage you, just ask yourself the question: how is my relationship with Holy Spirit? How how's my relationship? And if you're kind of like, yeah, no, I normally just pray to Jesus and I would just pray to the father. It's not like the Holy Spirit's jealous, you know, uh, God, he is a jealous God, but not in that way. Uh, but I just encourage you, uh, develop a relationship and hear from Holy Spirit. All right. Verse five, time to move on some verses. <laughs> it says, 
and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. So looking at this verse, you can pretty much count on reading this verse in three different parts. So it can be broken down in three pieces. Number one, Jesus's redeeming sacrifice, Jesus's resurrection, and Jesus's reign eternal. So when we look at the verse, Jesus's redeeming sacrifice, he paid the price. Jesus was the one who went to the cross for us. He has freed us from our sins by his blood. And that's why we love taking communion here at Fusion. That's why it's a value for us that we celebrate and honor the death and resurrection of Jesus, especially through communion. Uh, Jesus's resurrection, this is where sin, death, and grave could not hold back God's plan. And church, I want to encourage you, nothing can hold back God's plan for your life when you look to him, put him first, and you say, God, I'm holding on to you and forsaking all things behind me. And the third one, Jesus reign eternal. Uh, right now, the kingdoms of this world are not all the kingdoms of our God. And that's just kind of truth reality. And what he's given us is a mandate and assignment to lead people to him. And when he comes back, he will set the kingdoms of the world and make them his. When he returns, that is when the kingdoms of the systems of this world become the kingdoms of our God. So this is his eternal reign. There won't be a moment where he steps down off the throne and says, I'm going to take a break for a week. He's not going on vacation when he comes back. He is staying on the throne eternally, and he is having his reign and rule for us. And I like what it says here. His, uh, he loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And I mentioned communion, and I just kind of want to encourage you today. Um, uh, communion is such a value inside of our household. And I'll just kind of share from our life what communion is. Um, we take communion on a very regular basis. Uh, we believe when we are remembering the Lord's death and resurrection that we are proclaim proclaiming the power that was in his death and resurrection. And what we're doing is we're pleading the blood over our bodies. We're pleading the blood over the church, over our families, over our friends. So I want to encourage you, when you take communion, we are remembering what Jesus did, but we are also remembering the covenant in his blood that he's given us. So when if you feel bound by something, if you feel like something is holding you back and holding you down, when you take communion, remember something, not one drop was wasted on Calvary. Now, one drop of blood that Jesus shed inside of the sand that day was wasted. So because not one drop was, we get to plead every last drop over ourselves and say, I will be free. Why? Because he loves us and he shed his blood for us. So I just want to tell you, there is more for you this morning. There is more for you this morning. So wherever you're at with the Holy Spirit, wherever you're at with your life, wherever you're at in your freedom journey, there is more for you today. Amen, church. All right. Verse six says, and God, excuse me, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and father to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You are the kingdom of God. You are the house of God. 
you are where the Holy Spirit goes to dwell. You can view this physical body as a temple, as the Bible puts it, that this is what makes up God's kingdom and this is what advances God's kingdom. And I like um, what it says right here, where it says priests to serve his God. You yourself are a priest. You may not wear uh, the fancy clothes, and that may even challenge some of your theology and view on God and view on life today, but you are a priest to God. What does that mean? So a priest is one who ministers to God. You yourself get to minister to Jesus. How do you minister to Jesus? You worship him. You serve him. Because here's the reality, church. He does so much for us. That's why I love worshiping on Sunday mornings with everyone. Because what we're saying on Sunday mornings is it's not about me. It's not about my moment. And it's not about my situation right now. What it's about is that Jesus is worthy. And I am ministering back to him because he ministers to me 24-7. So I want to ask you a question, or not so much a question. uh, Application point is more of like a, a, a loving nudge, right? Minister to God today. Minister to God. Spend some time. Put your headphones in. Worship like no one's watching. You know, if your husband or wife comes into the room, you look at them and say, join me or close the door, please. (laughs) Minister to God today. Uh, I created a worship set list some years ago, and I have been adding to this worship set list for probably six years, like five, six years. It is a compilation of my favorite worship songs. And I can pretty much find by memorization and history with this list, what songs are there and where I can find them. And I just choose every morning I'm going to that list and I am ministering to Jesus. I am popping my headphones in and I'm saying, Lord, you're worthy no matter what today feels like. Lord, you're worthy if I only got four hours of sleep, right? Lord, you're worthy even if I have a a meeting when I walk in to work that I'm not enjoying, right? Lord, you're worthy no matter what is going on. Minister to Jesus today. Let him know that you are grateful for him inside your life. Amen, church. So that's our application for verse six and now verse seven. It says, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. This verse right here, look, he is coming with the clouds. Uh, If anyone grew up in church and lived through, I think it's the 90s, uh, you would know the song Days of Elijah. Actually, actually, that may I don't know, I don't know the year that song was made, but you would remember the song Days of Elijah and Hallelujah, Amen, that that song stayed in the year that it was made. Uh, great song. Love the song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, uh, in my first church that I pastored, uh, we sang that song almost every Sunday morning. And I remember the day I stepped in, I said, OK, worship team, Days of Elijah is going on the shelf. We are putting it away for a little while. Such a great song. So happy for everything it did for us because, you know, the presence of God just came. When you hit the uh, key change, when it goes up an octave and behold, he comes riding on the clouds. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's put the song on the shelf. (laughs) But that song communicates very 90s. Yeah, right, Doug? Uh, That song communicates 
that Jesus is coming back. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves, and I know I've said this probably 50 times since we started this soap, but church, Jesus is returning. He is coming back and he's coming back for you. It says he's coming with the clouds and everyone, everyone, everyone will see his returning, even those who pierced him. No matter where someone is at inside of their life, their relationship with God, they will see Jesus's return. Even the Roman soldiers who crucified him. And it says all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. That is because when Jesus returns, he is returning as the great judge. He is here to cast judgment on sin and evil. And judge is such a difficult word or a hot button word today inside of culture, right? Where it's like, you know, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Well, church, it is important to know that Jesus is our great judge. He is coming back to render judgment on sickness, disease, and the enemy. And when he comes back as judge, there is two different ways that he's going to do it. Number one, it's going to be before the great white throne. So the great white throne is one throne that Jesus sits on. And in this throne is where Jesus will judge sin. Uh, (coughs) Believers and unbelievers will be separated. And in that moment, Jesus will look at them and say, what did you do? Or, you know, Jesus, the father will look at them and say, what did you do with me? Did you receive the free gift that I gave you guys? This is the moment. Then this is why we do what we do. This is why we preach till we drop. Because when that moment comes, we want to be a part of the redeemed and that Jesus will have no trouble seeing his church, seeing his bride. So the great white throne is where believers and unbelievers are separated. And then there's the second judgment that happens when he comes back. And that is the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is uh, for Christ followers only. So guess what? You get judged twice. Congratulations. Uh, Well, you don't really get judged at the first one, but you kind of do. But the second one is where we get judged by the Lord. And that judgment has nothing to do with our eternal security. It has nothing to do with uh, if or if not we're spending eternity with Jesus. That judgment has everything to do with where Jesus gives rewards to his church for serving him. That's incredible to me. Jesus has a judgment where he wants to give out gifts to you. Jesus has a judgment where he wants to put presence in your hand for serving him here on the earth. So just an application question for you, this one, uh, for this one, concerning the judgment seat of Christ and God rendering rewards. My question is, uh, how are you serving? You know, I know I'm seeing so many faces here and I know so many of you uh, serve valiantly uh, without hesitation inside of the church. You are core dream teamers. You are people who want to see revival in this region that want to see Christ followers reached. But uh, if you're already plugged in and serving, I just want to encourage you in something else then. Uh, Find someone inside of the church who isn't. Because believe it or not, we have so many people that come in uh, through the building. And I think engagement is next to everything at times. And not because we want to see stuff get done inside of the church, right? 
what we want is when that judgment happens, that they receive rewards for serving him. That's the point. You know, we don't ask people to do things because, uh, you know, we just want to get stuff done. We ask because we want to see the church rewarded for her good works. So if you're plugged in, you're serving, you're on a dream team, you are in there like swimwear and uh, you are on fire for Jesus. I encourage you find someone else who may not be plugged in and serving in a dream team. And that's my application for that one. And as we close, uh, I have mentioned this in every soap I've done in the past little bit, but I want to make sure I mention it now too. So in two days, we are closing out our Christmas hope and peace offering. December 31st is coming and quick. So uh, I want to encourage you to pray church, pray about, uh, you know, if and what God would have you give inside of this Christmas hope and peace offering because we want to reach people far from Jesus until he returns. And here's the reality of what the Bible says about Christ's return. He is coming like a thief in the night. So what does that mean? When he comes like a thief in the night, you'll never see him coming. You'll never expect it. You know, that one time that the thief tries to break into your house at night is the one time that you weren't prepared, right? It's the one time that you left the window unlocked and didn't think about it. So, and and that's just like, that's just truth, right? Uh, With so many things in life. However, we don't want to be the ones where we're saying, you want to know what? We're good. We are okay on the cruise ship of Christianity. We want to preach until all know, until everyone knows his name. And that's exactly what this offering is going into because Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. And we want people to be in front of him inside of the great, uh, inside of the judgment seat of Christ receiving reward. So I want to encourage you, uh, pray about if and what God would have you give in the Christmas hope and peace offering. You can go into the app and there should be like a drop box in there and you can click, uh, you know, the Christmas hope peace offering and then, you know, pop in whatever the Lord tells you to give. Uh, so those are applications today. This is, this has been our 6 a.m. soap in Revelation 1, 4 through 7. Uh, I am encouraged today, and I encourage you, just as the word says, that Jesus is returning. So find your hope and peace inside of him and his return. Amen, church? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for each and every person on this call. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, touch them right now, and that, God, your voice would come alive to them. That, Lord, we'd find our hope, our peace, our security inside of you and you alone. Nowhere else can give us peace like you do. So, Lord, I just pray that the presence of Jesus would flood our lives today. That the presence of God would be a part of everything we touch, say, think. Because, Lord, you want to do life with us by relationship with your Holy Spirit. Let me pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. I look forward to seeing so many of you on uh, New Year's Day. Yep. With two services at our EHT location, 9 and 1030, and one service at our Cumberland County location at 11 o'clock. So look forward to seeing you then. God bless you all.